You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. Hey, Life Tree family and friends. Uh, pretty excited about what we're doing here this morning. I've got this amazing panel of moms with me today. And uh, they're going to be sharing with us this morning a bit of their stories and lessons that God has taught them through the journey of motherhood. But before we dive into that, there's just something I wanted to say. And it's this, that um, we can always receive grace and wisdom and whatever God wants to bless us with through anybody he wants to bless us uh, with it through. hope that made sense. And... uh, And so whether you're a mom or not a mom, or whether you're planning to be a mom or hoping to be a mom someday or not planning to be a mom someday or not even a woman, uh, the fact is, is that their stories and their lessons that they have learned from the Lord in their journey can speak to us. Uh, The real simple focus that we have as a church family here at Lifetree is seeking to become more like Jesus. And all these ladies have been on a journey of seeking to follow Jesus, become more like him. And we want to frame the conversation today around what has that looked like in the context of motherhood. So wherever you're at in your life, whoever you are, We're believing that there's going to be grace and wisdom and blessing that God has for you as you listen to this conversation. Um, And without me going on any further about that, we're just going to roll into some introductions here. So in case you don't know someone on this stage, you can get to know who you're hearing from. So we're going to start here this morning with uh, Catherine. Catherine, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, so my name is Catherine Muyaba. Um, I've been married for 16 years this year. I have a cross-cultural marriage, so my husband is from Zambia. And in terms of kids, so we have 10 kids. Uh, two of them are in their 20s, living in Zambia with their wives and, and kids. And we have eight children at home. Our oldest is turning 19, and our youngest is seven. Um, and they're, half of them are adopted and half of them are biological um, there at home. And in terms of where I grew up, I grew up in central Alberta and uh, moved to the island just six months ago. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, Catherine is new to the Life Tree family with us. We're stoked to have her up here with us. And next, Trish, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your motherhood journey? Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm Trish. My last name is Ensing, and I've basically lived in Victoria most of my life and um, married to Dwayne and have four amazing kids from the ages of 17 to 23 right now and all living with us at home. So cool. full, fun house. So most of you probably know Trish. She's been around here a while. And uh, next up is Juanita. Hi there. Um my name is Juanita, and I have been a single mom, so I can give a perspective from that angle, but I have just one child, a beautiful daughter, Sydney, and she is now an adult living on her own, and that's me. Awesome. Oh, I grew up in Surrey and live in Victoria off and on now for the last 
probably 20 plus years. Well, we're stoked you're with us. And uh, next up, next to me here, Tina Savea. Give us a little bit about you. Hi, good morning. Uh, my name is Tina Savea. I am married to my husband, New, who is Polynesian. We also have a cross-cultural marriage. I'm First Nation. We have three children, um, and they're, oh my gosh, 50. <laughs> you <got> this. 50. <laughs> this is usually my husband that does this, not me. <laughs> 15, 13, and 11. Awesome. And all amazing. So we got all these moms with some, you know, different experiences, different stories here with us. Uh, a simple question I just wanted to put to you is, in your journey of motherhood, like what aspects of Jesus, um, or put it this way, what aspects of Jesus' character do you believe God's developed in you through motherhood? Simple, simple question there. I'll Take start. Away I'll be <laughs> I actually had a couple um, really quick stories that came to mind as we were preparing earlier, but I think sacrifice, <laughs> like just sacrifice, like how much things that I have sacrificed for my children, like, like food, sleep, you know, all of those kind of things, right? But I, one really, well, two really quick stories. I remember when I first had my son Joshua, who's my oldest, and I was a brand new mom, and I remember having those sleepless nights of him not uh, wanting to sleep or we're just trying to figure this out. And I remember one night sitting on an armchair holding him and falling asleep. <laughs> I'm going to cry right now, but falling asleep with him in my arms and just knowing how much I loved him and then waking up a couple hours later with my neck on the side and like I could barely move my neck, but just knowing how much I love this child. And then I was thinking of another sacrifice that I, <laughs> is uh, my kids used to love Dora and Diego. <laughs> and um, I remember we heard we were living in Saskatoon and we actually heard that they were going to be at the mall. So we thought it was a great idea because my kids watched them all the time that we would go and get in line at the mall and uh, wait to meet Dora and Diego. And um, I don't know why, but I don't know why parents think this is a good idea, but we waited for like an hour. We finally got to the front of the line and my kids freaked out because <laughs> you know how scary the like, <laughs> they have the costumes with the big heads. That I remember was like... crying at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I just that's what I think of when I think of the sacrifice as a mother that I have given to for my children. That is good. It's real good. What else? Um, love, actually, unconditional love and acceptance. Um, it's because there's so many different cultures and different people that we meet and teaching um, my daughter that lived in a different area how to love. Um, all different cultures and um, but also loving people where they're at I think is the biggest thing too and um, my story actually that came out for that is she would come home and she would ask me questions that some of them I didn't even know what, where she got the information from or what it was about and I would answer it but I also ask her why is <laughs> why would you want to know this like where did you get this information from and it's like well the kids parents won't answer them mom I know that you will and so just loving them where they're at and what they're doing and it doesn't matter where they're from or their background but just to love on them that's, that's been my biggest thing yeah well I guess we're going in order <laughs> we are we're just going in a circle um 
Oh, when I was thinking about that question, I was thinking, I think I'm still in a work in progress. <laughs> so this 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 journey of motherhood is like a constant teaching and and learning to be more like Jesus. Um, and every season brings with it a different aspect of who Jesus is and who I'm learning to be in that. So I just feel like it's it's constant and um, I'm super, I just feel so grateful to have been given an opportunity to be a mom and to be able to practice um, things like sacrifice and, and unconditional love and um, and I had some other ones that came to mind earlier. <laughs> um, one of the things that I remember distinctly when we first had a child is um, Dwayne and I went out for dinner a month after Jamisa was born because it was my birthday. And I remember sitting across from him and just thinking, wow, we still have a child. <laughs> and like, we're never not going to have a child. And this is it. Like, <laughs> and it was really like, I mean, it was kind of beautiful, but it was also this kind of deer in the headlight moment, like, oh. <laughs> Anyways, we've never looked back. Return. It's also those times where, like, how did I get a child? Like, I mean, I know how, but. <laughs> but, like, why? Like, yeah, I'm like, you mean you trust me with a child? Like, <laughs> that also is kind of, has been my thing, too. It's just like, I can't believe I was trusted with this thing. Mm. <laughs> this yeah. thing? Did totally. you just call your kid a thing? <laughs> Thing one thing do you think yeah I think it's even going off of the sacrifice thing where you know I think when you're you're giving birth or even when you're pregnant I was very very sick during my pregnancies for all of them and as a result we did lose four babies in the time where we were kind of you know um, having our kids and there is this massive sacrifice it feels like when they're when they're babies and you're you're tired and you're sick and then there's this time of patience when they're kind of turning five and six and they're learning all of these new things. And I love what you said about um, the stages. Like there's so many different stages that God cultivates character from Jesus in us. Um, the story that I thought about when Caleb and, and us girls were talking the other day uh, stemmed kind of from our adoption and we were in the middle of waiting, and I was, I was thinking about um, uh, Lucas, because he was talking about immigration and how much heartache and struggle can, can happen there. And, and we went through the same things with immigration with our adopted kids waiting for citizenship. So while we were waiting for citizenship, um, we got word that uh, their father, their biological father, had passed away in a tragic accident. And we were still waiting for citizenship, and so we... I got on a flight with our youngest, who was one, and, and got a flight for four months to go to Zambia and stay with our kids, and I was leaving our other biological kids at home, uh, going straight so I could make it there for their dad's funeral. And um, I'm 30 years old at the time. This is 2016. And, you know, I'm in the flight flying through Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, then going down to Lusaka, and I'm thinking, God, I don't know how to embrace and, and, and be there for kids with so much trauma and grief. You know, I, I felt like I needed a degree, like I should be a psychologist <laughs> to, to raise these kids. And, 
you know, I landed and, and got there and embraced the kids and you try to, you know, there's five of them that you're trying to embrace and you feel so inadequate. And I know that every single mom and dad has been through that moment where they, they feel like I can't do this, like I don't have what it takes. And, and I, you know, we went through the funeral, I took the kids through to say goodbye to their dad in the casket and it was just, it, it was a very hard time. I got home that night, put all the kids to bed, and I went into this other room, and there was rats around. It was really gross, but, you know, I was past that, and I was sitting there and just dissolving into tears and, and asking God, how am I going to be here for these kids? I'm, I'm, I'm not equipped for this. And he spoke in such a soft whisper, and I think like what you guys are saying too, where he's like, all you need to do is love them. And I know it sounds simple and maybe cliche, but I'm six years into the adoption of these kids now. And literally, love has taken us through those moments, the hard times and the grief and the trauma. And it's been it. And so I would say, when you feel inadequate, knowing that God is enough. And he answers your prayers when you really, really need him to. So that was a moment that I thought about. Totally, totally. Yeah. That, and that, like, applies to all of life, right? I mean, that's one of those things. All of us get called to things that it's like, God, me? Yeah. <laughs> really? And, uh, and I love that story, how simple he brought it home for you. Simple is not always easy, you know, but it is the simple command that we're called to. Um, any other things coming up? Like, I think that inadequacy thing really hits home for for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. I, I could think of something else. I just think of, like, as a mother, this, when when um, what you, your child feels, you also feel. So it's like, you know, when, you're, when your child is, like, first learning to walk, you're, like, celebrating, and you're, like, you know, you feel like you're at, a, like, this sporting event or something, and you're, like, <laughs> yelling and screaming. Like, everyone's celebrating. We have this all on video, and, like, it's, like, these moments in their life, and also when they're, they're hurt or when... when you, you have this feeling of, like, I wish I could take their place. I <laughs> wish I could take that from them. Or, you know, whatever they're feeling when they're feeling, when they're making jokes, you're laughing at them. Like, all of these feelings of, like, celebration and feeling what they feel, I think, is, is also a way of, um, you know, just having that, those feelings. And I was thinking, early, like, when we were sitting here during worship, and I was thinking about, um, you know... I, being a mother, I, I have, I've, at the beginning, I'm like, why was I trusted with, like, how, who could have trusted me with this? But, but now I'm like, being a mother is one thing that I am very proud of. Like, I, I feel very proud of, I look at my children, and I feel sort of like how God, when he created the earth, and I'm like, this is good. Like, <laughs> awesome. I hope they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> you better be listening, and it's Mother's Day. Get ready to set up that spa. Actually, when you were talking, I was thinking about being a single mom, being alone in those times, just calling on God to be there. You know, just, I couldn't do it on my own, and he brought so many people around me, but just always... That's where my eyes were focused on, as I just have to say, Papa God, you know? Yeah. I need you here. You're my husband. You're her dad. Like, all of those things. So 
you know, I can see you on the floor with the rats and us thinking of that. And that's like, I know those are days. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You got me getting all teary-eyed. It's definitely something that um, I think more as they've grown up and becoming their own people and um, that I felt more, so much more connected to God in that I need you, God. I need you so much to be able to continue to invest in them and be their cheerleader and um, have that full sense of acceptance of whatever it is right now, whatever's going on in their lives, whatever, whatever they're going through and walking through, that it's okay. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a real pull for me to just be with the Lord um, more and more and to um, be laying things down on on what I've called an altar in my room, you know, like just to be able to, whatever it is, you know, you're celebrating something or whether you're, whether you're carrying something, it's just like um, leaving it with the Lord and, and just that full trust and belief and faith in that, that he's at work in their lives, right? And that I, I can't do it. I can't do it all. And that's been a full-on surrender, like daily, moment by moment. And I think somebody said to me once, you cannot have, you, you actually can't, couldn't have prepared your kids for the generation that they're going to be living in. Oh. And I was like, what? And yeah. it was just like, whew, this weight fell off because I thought I had to prepare them for everything. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I can't. I realize I can't. And and so it was just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I can't. I'm probably in the stage where I feel like I need to prepare them for everything. <laughs> so I need to talk to you more. <laughs> I also, oh, oh, sorry. sorry. I was going to say, I was thinking about um, how Jesus was such a safe place for anyone and everyone. And I, th- I think that all of us can attest to that too, wanting to be that safe place for our children and for their friends, like you were mm-hmm. saying, friends that call you mom, mm-hmm. and you become this safe place, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly what the feet of Jesus is. That's what the cross is. It's mm-hmm. a safe place. And I think we communicate that unconditional love of God to our kids through all of those stages, mm-hmm. you know, especially as they get older and they're making their own decisions and often making mistakes that are hard and have consequences. You know, you, you're a place of, of safety for them they can always come to their mom, you know, and they'll always find that embrace and, you know, a bit of a lecture, most likely, especially from the spicy moms. Um, I'm guessing Tina's a spicy mom. (laughs) But but it's just like this place of safety. And I think that is the character of Jesus. And and the thing that that is, you know, the heart of God is translated through mothers, um, Uh to kids and to their friends. Uh Um, it's funny Actually. that you say, sorry, it's funny that you say <laughs> spicy because, uh, so um, when I was a kid, I remember, you remember that show in the 80s, Roseanne, and it's on Prime right now? Well, I used to hate it, like, when I was a kid, and I was like, why would anyone like this show? And now I watch yeah, it, and I'm like, yeah. oh my yeah, gosh, I'm Roseanne! Uh, awesome. Juanita, do you have something you'd like to say? <laughs> What I was going to say is that actually so much of what you were going to say, but also I found that um, when they were younger, it was easier because they listened and they kind of did what you want. And as they trans go into being a teenager, 
and adults, those are the actual harder years. One, because they become, have their own mind. And then as they go into being an adult and you go, but you can't help them because they're an adult now. You can't help them, but you just need to let them make their mistakes. And when they come to you, just to be there and to love on them, you know, because they are going to make mistakes and that's how they learn. But as a, a mom, I don't want my daughter to make mistakes, right? <laughs> Kids in general, but yeah. So, Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> your new nickname. You I'm going to love it. <laughs> we'll call you Rosie. <laughs> so there's been like some of what you guys have, shared that's already started to segue into question two that I was going to throw at you, but we'll put it out there, um, which is just like, what are habits that you've maybe learned along the way that have helped you through your motherhood journey, whether you think back to times when they were babies in diapers or toddlers tugging on your clothes or, or adults, right? Like anywhere in that stage where they're habits that you learned they may not have been hour-long prayer times in the morning probably not if you're moms <laughs> you know but but what were some of those habits you learned along the way that uh that helped you in the journey my prayer closet is my car like going to and from work driving to and from work um, I always, that was, I had worship music on and I prayed. And I was thinking about this because I was going to go, I don't really have very many habits. Like, I wing it all the time. <laughs> I do. I love winging it. I'm very spontaneous. Um, but I went habits and I thought, that's my habit. I, when I, in the car, even now when I'm driving to work, that's my prayer time. So, yeah, because it's peace and quiet. <laughs> I think one habit that I've had to ha- that has actually worked in my favor is... <laughs> is to, I've made a lot of mistakes as a mother, like with my children where I'm like, whether I'm yelling at them or, you know, whatever it is. And um, asking for forgiveness has been really huge for me. (laughs) Like knowing that my children, the most, I've realized that children are the most forgiving people on the planet. And so I think as a mother, I've asked forgiveness multiple times (laughs) over in their lifetime. You're not the only one. (laughs) That's a good word. But it's teaching them forgiveness. Yeah. Like when you go to them and realize totally. that mom can go and say, I kind of screwed up here. Mm-hmm. You know, can you forgive me? And if you do that, then that's teaching them forgiveness yeah. too. And that's the gift that is really hard to give that people don't understand that one. That's good, good leadership for sure. Yeah. I'd have to say like time out and not for the kids, but for me. <laughs> I mean, when they were little, I mean, it was talking to my girlfriend for like two hours on the phone and the kids would be like literally nutty in the rest of the house. And I'd be like, just one more minute, just one more minute. I mean, that was kind of like a timeout, right? Or they'd be yanking on your mom, we're hungry. Just a minute. (laughs) Talking to my girlfriend. I mean, that was sanity, right? When they were, when they were little. And, um, but still now, like I retreat, I just retreat. I have a very comfy chair in my room and um, sometimes the door is open, and so I'm in there, but the door is open, so it's an invitation. I like, come on in if you need to, but sometimes it's closed, and, and it's just a timeout. And whether I'm just with myself and my thoughts staring out the window or whether I'm with Jesus, or that's the same thing, you know? I think that it's, it depends on the stage. I feel like when your kids are really young, it was kind of some different things, often like timeouts or... Uh, one thing that we've always done is that my husband has always put our kids to bed. 
um, obviously unless he's gone. But for the most part, he's always been there. So he puts the kids to bed, and then I have a my own bath or whatever, and then I go to my room. So that's that's been really helpful, having having that support, obviously, and somebody to do that. And it still goes on today. He works from home now, so that's great. He puts the kids to bed and prays over them. Shout and I have out to my Vinge. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Vinge. <laughs> Um, the same though with uh, that you're saying, like taking that time out, um, I, I do have to retreat and you kind of need that time. And I look at some of the young moms that are like pulling their hair out and I, I can't. And I'm like, you just have to take a bit of time for yourself because you need it. We're still humans. You know, we're still women. We're, we're still our own characters and all of that. And so you kind of need that time to step back if you can. Like you said, your kids were still going nutty, and you're like, I'm just taking my time, <laughs> and we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I cried in my closet, you know, when my kids were younger. I did. You know, now I don't have a closet big enough to cry in, so <laughs> I don't know. I go to my car. Same thing that you're saying. Like, sometimes you just have to find those moments. And I also, like, got my kids to be really independent with food. Uh-huh. So getting them independent with food gives you a little bit more freedom. That's a little tip for people with eight kids. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's been great. And then it gives you that time to kind of read. I've been starting to read books again and sit down and journal and write. And it's like this is new now this year. And it's so life-giving, like, just to have that time. Um, yeah. I'm going to add to that as... Being a single parent, dealing with not having a break, that I actually scheduled that into my life. And it was my Bible study, but I got a babysitter. And I know not everybody can that's a single mom can afford to get a babysitter. But I'm sure there's a girlfriend or somebody that would look after your kid one night a week mm-hmm. and make that the very same night every week. Because then you know that you have that break and that you can go and do whatever you want. But it's so important. I, you know, as a single person, it was just so important to be able to have that. And I was fortunate I could pay for a babysitter. So. I think um, with what you both are saying is like asking for help is like, I remember being like the very at the beginning, being a very new mother and having Joshua. And I remember, um, <laughs> I remember wanting to do everything myself, like everything I had to like, I, I changed his diaper. I also was very like, no, you can't hold him. No, not right now. Like I, people would ask to hold my baby and I didn't want people to hold them uh, to hold him. And, but I remember once, like even my mom would want to uh, fold his clothes and I'm like, no, I'll do his laundry. Like I wanted to do everything because I thought like, I thought this is what I was supposed to do. And I thought this was expected me because I loved him so much that no one could do it as good as me. And until one time, um, I was so exhausted. He was probably like a month old. And I remember laying on the couch. Well, I don't even barely remember this, but I, I fell asleep with him on the couch. And I woke up to my husband shaking me. And she's, he said, don't you hear him? He's like screaming in my ear. And I was holding him and he was like screaming in my ear and I could not hear anything because I was so exhausted. And I remember just like bursting into tears and I was like, I can't do this by myself. But I did not ask for help. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, mom, you can do his laundry. Go ahead. So there was just like that the the need to act, like there is that of like asking for help and I find even right now in my life that 
we're still we're in a completely different season with teenagers and like going to dance and going to like uh, like to sports, to basketball, and actually reaching out and asking for help. And even those places of like, whether it's with friends of like carpooling and just, yeah. So I just find that that's so important is asking for that help. That's good. There's like so much Jesus nuggets that I'm just like milking up in this right now. Um, it really is like I'm hearing it. I'm like, I'm picturing moments of the gospels and things that Jesus says or that we read as you guys talk. Cause it's like simple things. We've heard love, trust and surrender, draw away and be alone with the father, right? In the presence dependence, like all of these different things coming forth that are very much like what he taught us. Right. And, um, and I just hear that. So my hope is as you guys are listening and you're hearing this, you're realizing like right in the midst of real life, there's encounter with Jesus. And there's grace that he has for us to do the things that we feel inadequate um, to do because motherhood's a high calling. Like sometimes I think that in the world, um, we end up making a big deal about you know, careers of CEOs or people who are famous or this or that, but the the backbone of healthy society is healthy families. And to have people understand the high calling that it is to raise up the next generation is just so important. And so for us to be sitting here gleaning this, I just feel like is gold, it's treasure for people. So receive it, you guys who are watching. Um, but as we try to, like, land this thing, um, I do want to just put out there, is there anything else that's been coming up that you guys are like, man, I just, I got to say this, I got to share that before we close. I'll share one. Um, in times when it feels, um, well, you just don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's coming or you don't know what's to do. Um, I've been known, and they might not know this, my kids, so forgive me, kids, but I've been known to go in their bedroom <laughs> and, you know, sit on their bed or kneel in their, on their floor and just intercede in their spaces. And um, it really has brought me a sense of I, that, that I did something, you know, because <laughs> we just want to do something, right? And so, um, yeah, it's just been a... a I know you said tactic before, what a habit or whatever, habit, but yeah. yeah, it's just been life-giving to be able to just be in their space and just be crying out to God for them. That's really good. Um, I was just thinking, like, that's, that's really good. I, I know that when my kids were born, I felt like God gave me, like, a one-line prayer for each of them that I would, like, continue to say over them as they... You know, and it was like as simple as like that he would be a man after your heart. Like it was like those small prayers that I had for each, like my daughter. It was like that she would bring hope to the world. And so it was like those things. And even now to these days, like every day I drop them off at school. And, you know, my, my, words, my words that I say to them is be strong and courageous. Remember who you are. And, uh, you know, they get annoyed with me and sometimes they'll say it with me. <laughs> but it's just like those repeating things that they would remember who they are. Yeah. 
and um, that they would know that they can get through whatever it is or whatever. And I think, you know, we were talking about last time when we, we talked together about the different seasons that our children have went through and the different emotions that, like, it's like we're, we're constantly having to change with our children of what we're feeling and what we're going through. And I feel like that's what I'm going through right now with my children is I have two teenagers and it's like we're coming into the place where um, there's going to be more mistakes made and that I have to walk with. Like, I think, Trish, you said last time of, like, surrendering. Like, it, there, be, there becomes more and more surrendering because I can't control, like what you were saying, Juanita, I can't control what they're going to choose all the time. And I can't be there 24 hours a day with them, like, when they were babies. But... So it is the surrendering of it all. My one nugget that keeps on coming up for me that I didn't share earlier is that um, I never said anything bad about my daughter's dad. And I think that's so important because if, he, if she realized that I didn't badmouth her dad or anybody else. So she grew up with that as well. And I think that's a good tool that I don't think Jesus said anything bad to anybody. He, I know he didn't because he just wrote it in the sand. He didn't even say it out loud. So it's just a good tool as well is that to remember that, you know, everybody is unique and different and individual. And you, just because their way is not your way does not mean it's wrong. So don't cut it down type thing. And so I just, yeah, for you know, being a single mom, that was one of the things for her dad was not to say anything bad. But, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think for any A-type parents that are task-oriented um, can feel this with me. And just that thing of, you know, finding the facts and the tools that are really helpful as a parent in books or, you know, in podcasts. And me realizing <laughs> that you just set that aside and getting down on the floor with them or beside the couch with them or having them come to the end of your bed. Now with our teenagers talking at the end of our bed, especially after youth, like they talk nonstop after life trees youth for an hour. Like they can't stop. They love it. And, you know, putting, although, you know, taking the good stuff that I've learned, but putting it aside and just getting down with them um, face to face, you know, in prayer, listening to their sorrows, to their excitement, to their questions. And it, it connects you in a really, really beautiful way. And, I guess stepping back from that, I guess task-orientated, maybe like I can fix this because you can't, and, and just being there for them. Like what you said about speaking over your kids, it's so beautiful. I just thought your kids are so blessed, Tina, to have a mom like you, to have somebody speak over you going to school like that. It's just so powerful, and you've inspired me up here. I love it. Awesome. It's been rich, ladies. I'm super grateful that you said yes to coming and sharing. I know that our church family is going to be blessed, um, but we are going to land it, and we are going. Are you guys okay for it. another hour? I think they're okay. I think they're okay, <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> I have a few more stories to share. I'm just going to like stand up. <laughs> okay. Maybe we need to get like a, a separate podcast going. The Tina, the Tina show. There we go. Oh, no, the Rosie. Or Rosie. Rosie. <laughs> Rosie. Rabbit trail with Rosie. <laughs> there you go. So, no, I don't apologize. I love it. And you'll have special guests. Yeah. Other moms. 
But uh, bef- before we are done, um, I'd love we could just pray blessing for those who are watching, maybe a special blessing for moms. And I've asked Trish already if she would close us out. So Trish, why don't you close us out here? Um, so if you are a mom, if you could just receive, put your hand out to receive. And if you are with your mom, um, maybe you could put your hand on your mom. Or uh, anybody in the room could put a, lay a hand on a mom. Um, and let's just pray. Father, we're just so grateful. We're grateful for um, the calling that you've placed on each one of our lives. We're grateful for the people that you've put in our path to, to mentor and to, to love us unconditionally and to receive us. Lord, we thank you so much for your example and for what you show us in your life and in your word. And so, Father, we just just want to pray a blessing on every mom, on every woman who is a mom and who wants to be a mom, and so many who are maybe not biological moms, but we know that they are a mentor and a mom to somebody. And so we just ask, Father, for your hand to just rest on all these moms today. Give them a special sense of what you see in them and who they are. So receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Life Tree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.